coming to you from the southwestern corner of Manitoba, sharing fresh perspectives from real educators. Tune in as teachers relate their stories of professional learning, classroom practice, and the challenges they've overcome to teach like a boss. Welcome to Teach Like a Boss, the professional learning podcast for teachers by teachers. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's great to have you listening along with us. If you enjoy this episode, please like and rate us on your podcast app and share our podcast on social media. I'm Mark Cowan, VCI principal and one of the co-chairs of the Fort LaBosse PD Committee. Today we're talking with Julie Matheson about staying healthy both mentally and physically, especially during a pandemic. Before we begin our conversation, let's find out a little bit more about our guest. Uh, Julie, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background and what got you, led you to this position. Okay, uh, I am a Fort LaBosse High School science teacher. I came to Verdant, oh my goodness, let's go with 2012. Um, I had Ray Cochran and Rob Tomlinson recruit me from Brandon University when Ray was about to retire. So I got an opportunity to work alongside Ray, uh, filling in for Mr. Bertram for half position when Mrs. Uh, Evanson was out. and. Gave me a nice sneak peek for Vernon Collegiate and I uh, was quick to come back in September because I fell in love with the community and the staff. Uh, as far as what I teach, I do uh, the 11 and 12 biology program uh, and then it's kind of evolved. I've always had the land management, water conservation, that's what drew me here. But then I've had a little bit of astronomy and forensic sciences and our new environmental science course over the years. So. I just like to tell people I'm a high school science teacher and then I just laugh at that. <laughs> uh, what about some things outside of school? What do you do when you're not teaching? I play fastball. That's my number one passion. Hockey is number two. Uh, and then that's younger. But now as an adult, I enjoy spending time with family, friends, and uh, fitness classes, I guess. Perfect. Tell me a little bit about your family. Um, my husband, Ryan, is a good old Cromer boy, uh, grew up on a farm <laughs> near Ferdin, and um, our daughter, Sophia, is two and a half years old, and, and I now believe people with the terrible twos <laughs> statement. I thought my daughter would never be like that, and wow, are we excited for three? I'm just joking. And uh, baby on the way, baby number two is coming mid-November. Right on. Congratulations for sure. Um, mental health. Mental wellness, um, what do you think has been your, or in general, uh, one of the biggest challenges for teachers to maintain that mental health and the mental wellness during this recent pandemic that we've been going through? Uh, that's the main one uh, that I faced and I kept on stressing to my students, um, just get out, get active, eat healthy, get the right amount of sleep. Because even as an adult who's 34 years old, I notice when I don't have a very good sleep or when I eat like crap um, and when I'm not active how hard that is on my stomach and how hard that is on my highs and lows mentally. So uh, for me just as an adult I know staying active is a huge part of my mental health and wellness so I try to promote that to my students. It is in the grade 11 biology curriculum, <laughs> so I can kind of get away with that there. But then I always just express to my grade 12 bio students that, you know, this is something that we continue on from grade 11. And my poor other students, they just have to be like, oh, that's just Mrs. Matheson. <laughs> Good stuff. So give me a little uh, rundown, obviously, with family at home and a job and life. How do you, what does your day look like? How do you manage to fit 
that mental wellness, that physical wellness into your day? You just do. You set a meeting with yourself and you don't cancel it. Um, for me, the number one thing is I instruct uh, other participants. And to be completely honest, I don't know if I would have kept it up three days, four days a week had I not had that group of people relying on me on the other side of Zoom to, okay, class starts at 7.45, I've got to be there. I have this many people showing up and it held me accountable. So that's something I recognized myself. If I don't have that schedule in place, I sometimes don't do it. So this just forces me to stay accountable because I know people are relying on me. Right on. Tell me about your Zoom classes. What did that look like? Where did you perform them? Where did you make them happen? How did you make that go? Well, I married a very crafty man who built me a home gym studio wow. in our new house. So it's uh, the size of any fitness studio that you'd see at a common location. Uh, and it's got wraparound mirrors, full blown equipment. So what actually happened, um, we weren't sure how long the pandemic was going to last. So I think it was St. Patrick's Day where I had uh, most of my class was my monthly and limited girls. And uh, we kind of just had an equipment checkout list and they all took a set of equipment home with them, their own dumbbells, their own stuff, their own weighted bar. And uh, it was those 12 girls who stayed with me the entire time and are still doing it virtually. And then I opened it up to um, students, um, any VCI Fort LaBosse student who wanted to tune in, who had like home dumbbells or anything like that or equipment at home. And it was really cool to see um, some students logging in and participating alongside my adults. And it was cool to see the interaction. So they'd be talking about what does grad look like? And then my adults would be talking about this. And I have a couple that are wanting to get together, uh, one of the adult girls and the young girls for a vet clinic job shadowing. Hmm. It's just cool to see the connections that were made. And it was really nice to honestly, I haven't been able to coach very much since my daughter has come along. So it's been nice to do something with students that's not academic, thank God. Yes. Yes. Right on, good stuff. Um, how about as a fitness instructor, um, probably I'm gonna listen closely to this answer. What are you, what's your advice to educators or just to adults in, in general, right? Where life is busy, busy, busy. How, how, do, you, how do you make that a priority in their day and as we head into summertime how does that application or what it would be important for us as educators to try and build into our day so that we can be more fit be more healthy in that process you just do uh, we as educators we're so selfless we always put ourselves last and in my professional opinion that can be extremely hard on a person's body and mind we have to be in our best shape mentally and physically so that we set positive role models for our students. If everyone was, this is going to sound really, I might get in trouble for this, but if everyone was eating healthy and getting a lot of sleep and uh, getting enough exercise, we'd see far less disorders and sicknesses in this world. And I just think moving forward, it'd be so nice to remove all those prescriptions and just have physical activity eating healthy as some of the things that we'd like our students to work towards. So my advice is just fit it in. It's important. It's more important than your marking. Sometimes it's more important than that deadline. I don't know. It just yeah. fit it in. It's a lifelong habit yeah. 
to build into your daily routine that your body and your family will thank you for. What's the first step? Just give me what, what, <laughs> what would you recommend as the first step for someone? First that... step is finding um, a program maybe that you like. Like there's no point of doing a workout or anything that you're just dreading. Yeah. Um, some people like to work out individually. Some people like a group. I know for a fact I was always like, why would I want to work out with someone? That sounds awful. But I'm a very social creature as most teachers are. Mm -hmm. So finding that group fitness um component was really helpful for me. Uh, so finding a program you enjoy, finding a time of day, a location that you feel comfortable in, because if you don't feel comfortable, then it kind of makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, remove any of the obstacles to why you shouldn't do it. So if it's time, then find a program that offers at any time of the day. If it's accountability, find a person to keep you motivated and who's not going to let you quit. Um, and I would say just start doing it and don't quit because it's amazing. Like I, I'm gonna, like I've been doing this for maybe three or four years straight, three days a week, no mm -hmm. stopping kind of thing. I stopped last summer for two months because I was transitioning from my one house to the other house and just daycare and da, 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 and I was immensely sick and completely down, down, down until my nurse practitioner friend was like, you can't just stop working out. That's as, like it's terrible for your body. I'm like, wow. I had no idea how much of a profound impact it had on my mental health and well-being and my digestive tract, to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, I, I certainly, as, as your principal, I certainly see the energy level and it's there, Julie, and I don't know how you do it, but kudos to you for making all of that happen. Uh, any last words just before we call a close to the process? Uh, just if we get more students and staff on board with, um, yeah, just leading a, a life that looks well because uh, it's amazing what they see. You yeah. don't think they're watching, but they're watching you. Yeah. Their parents are watching you. <laughs> I've had so many parents over the pandemic text me and say, my daughter is outside on the lawn crushing your workout and you just, you just hear, Mom, stop videotaping me. But it was so nice to see um, that the students are mimicking you. So we are, yes, supposed to educate them, but educate them about everything this world can entail for them. Awesome. Thank you, Julie. Appreciate that, especially during these crazy busy times. Appreciate your time. Uh, huge thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, I would like to close by encouraging all of our listeners to take care of yourself, take care of each other, uh, so we can continue to teach like a boss. Thanks, Julie. Hello, everyone. My name is Devin Caldwell. I'm one of the chairs of the Fort LaBosse Professional Development Committee, and I'm really excited to bring a special guest to our Teacher Summer Wellness episode. I'm here with Chantelle Kripil, and she is a teacher in Brandon School Division. She's also a yoga teacher. So she has lots to share with us today. So I'm very pleased to welcome you to our podcast today, Chantelle. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Could you begin by just sharing a little bit about your background as a school teacher? Yes, of course. So I am from a small town, Melita. Moved to big city, Brandon, for me. I graduated at BU in 2014 uh, with a Millier's Dream of Education and my Bachelor of uh, Phys Ed. Um, and then following my graduation, I moved out to Kuwait and the Middle East, and I taught for two years out there um, in grade four. 
and then decided to make the move back home to Canada, uh, which uh, I have been now at Betty Gibson School in Brandon School Division for four years. This is the end of my fourth year teaching grade five. Um, I'm permanent here now, so I'm super excited to be settled in a cl single classroom without moving around um, and just a really awesome um, school community and staff. So really happy about that. Yeah. Congratulations. Those permanent positions can sometimes be hard to get. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. So you're not just a teacher of middle year students, though. You're also a yoga teacher. Can you share a little bit with us about when that became a part of your life and what training you took and how you went about doing that? Yes, absolutely. So when I moved to Brandon in my university days, I, I didn't have anything. I, like I played sports and was very active through my whole life. And then moving to Brandon was kind of like, okay, now what? Um, so I got into doing some yoga at the Zen Zone studio here in Brandon um, and just like became super obsessed with it. I was super addicted to the like physical aspect of the yoga. Um, and then as I continued to practice over a few years, um, started to really understand and um, value the, the mental health aspect and the mindfulness aspect of yoga. So started transitioning kind of my love for the physical practice to the more like um, mindfulness and presence and awareness um, into through my practice. So um, wanted, of course, to continue uh, learning and take some training. So I did a yoga fit training. I think that was back in about 2013 um, and then trained under Carmen Fisher of the Zen Zone a little bit to understand some of her techniques and classes there. So I started teaching practice, uh, my practice at the Zen Zone at about 2013 as well. Um, and then just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to use social media as much as I can to learn from many other mentors and found through social media and through some Prairie Love events, uh, Ashley Broder of Philosophy, and was just like blown away by the whole concept of adding this into practice. And so I took the philosophy training in April of 2018, and uh, was able to incorporate some of that into my my teaching as well. So big part of my life, for sure. Very happy to have that as well. Yeah. Well, and for our listeners who might not be experienced yogis, um, Ashley Broder and Philosophy, that's the whole approach to adding like consensual, um, healthy healing touch to yoga. Um, anything else you could add to that? Yeah, in a, in a supportive and safe way too. And, and like being able to add touch brings a whole nother aspect to your practice. So it's obviously in a more yin style practice. So in more supportive, um, comfortable postures uh, for the most part. And just having that like hands-on kinesthetic connection um, just like transforms your practice and really allows you to like sink in and settle and and feel whatever it is that might be holding in your body. I'm a huge Ashley Broder fan as well. I really wanted to take that training too but I chose not to and I've regretted it ever since. So, so um, Chantal this leads really well into like as a school teacher how do you find that your yoga practice supports your overall health and well-being? I think for, well, I've been a yoga instructor about as long as I've been a teacher. Um, so I am able to kind of bring them together, which is super, super cool. I know you are the same way bringing your mindfulness and your yoga into your classrooms. So not, not only am I able to support um, just myself, but my students and sometimes even my colleagues, which I've been so grateful to have those opportunities for. 
Um, so I think like first, first of all, I feel like my yoga practice um, has helped me like create this environment that is a little bit more peaceful and neutral and calming and comfortable. Um, and as you know, a teacher, that's super important to have, you know, a little less going on and sometimes more. Um, and so my environment, I think really like, how can I say it? My environment really showcases my mindfulness into, in my teaching. Um, well, and it probably so, really supports your sense of calm and wellness and then your students sense of calm and well-being. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we do lots of, we do lots of like check-ins and, and just checking in with how we're feeling and being aware of what we feel and knowing that it's okay how we feel in the classroom and, and through the day and, and checking in often. And um, I do incorporate the mind up curriculum. I'm sure you're aware of, of or familiar with that. Yeah, that's from, is that the Goldie Hawn Institute? Uh, I don't remember. I can't, I can't remember what it's from, but it's, it's brain focused strategies. So the students learn about their brain and how everything happens in your body and it's able to, to lead you into mindful learning. Um, and so being able to use my yoga practice and my mind up and, um, you know, giving the opportunities for the kids to understand themselves too. And, and then for me, it's, it's, like being able to check in with myself too. So knowing that it's not just helping the kids, but it's also helping me throughout my day. So we do lots of different activities. We do, um, we do a Headspace app. That's the meditation app. And we, we do that every day after lunch. And it's just like a perfect way to sink back into your body, um, you know, after a busy recess and lunch and, and ready to prepare us for the afternoon. Um, and then we do lots of breathing as well. So randomly throughout the day, if I'm feeling overwhelmed from something happening in you know in my personal life or in my whatever it might be um even if the kids aren't aren't showing that frustration or anger um okay class we're doing a quick uh brain break we're going to do our five finger breathing so not only does it support uh just me but everyone it kind of brings us back to that what's important and and how we're able to move on from anything that we can move through in our day i really think breath work is where it's at isn't it like I know what I'm feeling overwhelmed in my life or in my classroom practice. That's always my go-to for my students or for me because your breath is always there with you. It's really yeah. simple to just pause and take a few moments and breathe. And it brings the, the atmosphere in the classroom just like right down to where you need it to be for everyone to learn and feel calm. Super grounding. Yeah. No, I think breath work's such an important tool and it's so easy. You don't need any, like any supplies or any specialized training really just to, to breathe. And it's awesome too. Cause you, you know, those kids who are like, Oh, if you called it meditation, they'd be like, no, I'm not into it. You know, some, some little kids that just feel like they don't want to sit still or whatever it might be. But if you just call it breathing, they don't have to be laying. They don't have to have their eyes closed. You know that they're doing it. Even if, they're pretending not to kind of thing. They're still aware of, of how they feel when they breathe and what their breath feels like in their body. No, it is a wonderful practice for sure. Mm -hmm. um, what about like just you as an educator, when you're really stressed out, you've had a really tough day, what are some things that you do for yourself? Um, I have, well, I'm obsessed with oils, so I know that <laughs> you feel the same way, but I do. Really incredible how much they support my emotional well-being and um, it might just be something as just like smelling a bottle of valor or lavender or whatever it is, but just brings me back to like each present moment and allows me to just let go of whatever might be built up. So 
I think my oils is definitely a huge part of, of that, um, diffusing and just putting them on topically and, and everything. Um, I also use a lot of affirmations for myself. So, uh, and we do that in, in our classroom as well, checking in with how we're feeling and being able to pinpoint exactly where we are right now and where we want to be. So I actually, I should have talked about the breath work, um, app that I have recently just found and so so good it's called pause breathwork and pause it's an breathwork. okay yeah it's an Instagram account they also have a website and some free trainings there and it is so amazing um, introduces some strategies for breathing and they they uh, the affirmation that they were choosing when I was watching just a couple of days ago was I get to so what is something that you get to do? I get to release, I get to express. Um, and so I've been kind of changing my affirmations from I am into what is something that I, I am allowing myself to do, giving myself permission to, to sink back into. And so I really, I really enjoyed that. But I think, I think for myself personally, without um, thinking of my classroom and my job, it's just really leaning into whatever you feel. So often we kind of push away what it is that might be brought up uh, in our bodies and in our feelings that it's super important to like value and acknowledge in order to shift and change um, your energy and your emotion. So oils and breath and, and then definitely movement. As a yoga instructor, I think it's important to, for me um, personally, to make sure that I am connecting my breath with my body uh, and, and releasing emotion and stress and tension through movement as well. I think when we bring together all of those tools, it really provides like a whole mind and body experience and just way of taking care of ourselves. Um, Chantel, just for people who are less familiar with yogic practices than we are, um, could you just share a little bit more about what an affirmation is and how you use it? Yeah, so an affirmation is a quick little sentence or word or a uh, phrase that you use, you can repeat it to yourself in your head, you can repeat it out loud. Um, basically, in a sense, you're setting an intention. So maybe you're feeling frustrated and angry. Instead of saying, I am frustrated, I am angry, how can you, or in which direction do you intend to go from there? So what would you like to feel after this moment of awareness and presence? Um, if you're feeling frustrated and angry, maybe you want to feel calm. So being able to repeat this affirmation to yourself, I am calm, I am present, I am strong, whatever it might be, um, it's like mind tricks, right? Like you're, you're allowing yourself to think, yeah, I am actually calm. I'm here giving yourself that moment to just connect back with your breath and repeat this affirmation to yourself to move into um, a more positive direction. Yeah, I use affirmations myself every day as a teacher, and I also use them every morning with my children. Like they develop their own affirmation. We call it like your special word. And every morning we'll go around the circle and talk about how we want to feel each day and what our special words are. And we come back to them like an anchor throughout the day. And affirmations can change too, depending on what you're working with. Like yeah, today, such a, today I'm working on my ethics application. So I'm really working on the, I am energized, inspired and focused. And every time I feel my mind wander, it's, it's a tool I can use to bring me back. So yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, Chantel, um, working at a larger city school and being a young teacher, no doubt you have lots of teacher friends and colleagues. Um, with this pandemic situation, we found ourselves in since March. Um, just based on your own observations, like what do you think 
have been the greatest stressors on teachers and the impacts on the mental health of educators? What have you noticed or, or even found yourself? I feel like, well, for most of us, just the whole change of kind of being uprooted out of your building was, was a big piece because as educators, we are always so connected in that, in that you know, in-person, face-to-face human connection. Um, so I feel like it was, that was one of the hardest parts for me personally was being able to not be with or around my kids in order to do my expected job. Um, I know for many other jobs or jobs that have computer desk and you were able to work from home, your expectations maybe had stayed uh, the same. Um, but for educators, it really drastically changed the way we needed to do every, almost every part of our job. Um, so I feel like that, that stress was, you know, it was, it was tough to work through. Um, and I think with that, the working from home without having your scheduled day and your scheduled breaks for me, I was working probably one or two, sometimes three hours longer than I should have been uh, or would have been at school and not allowing myself to take or give those breaks in my busy day. Um, so not only was everything very different and I was trying to adjust to a new work environment, sharing office space with my partner and having a dog and a, and a you know new environment at home, but then the challenge along with the work that we were doing and the over hours and yeah, it was very, a very difficult time, but I feel like as educators, we always, we are always adapting. We're always on our toes. We're, we're kind of moving in the moment with, with day-to-day things all the time. And I think, I hope that some people were kind of able to adjust and we aren't too stressed about the fall, kind of able to, to just take it day by day and see you know, how things pan out for the rest of the summer and then into the new school year. Yeah, I think this situation placed lots of demands on everyone's mental health. Just the isolation, the lack of routine, the lack of certainty. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenging time. And I know the message like that I'm getting from families of the students I teach and colleagues, like one of my colleagues put it the other day, you know, let's just wrap up this school year and put a bow on it because everyone is so done. And that's why we decided that we would really focus on summer wellness for teachers um, with two months of summer holidays coming up because I think just everyone needs this time to just to refresh and rejuvenate and enjoy some sunshine and, and move forward after such a difficult spring. So yeah, as definitely. both a yoga teacher and a school teacher, um, what tips do you have for educators who want to make wellness a priority this summer? Like what would you recommend that like practices, tools, resources that people could draw from to support their wellness over the summer? I think just first of all, as we come to the end of the school year is just to like give ourselves grace. Like whatever we just did, whatever we just went through was, was unprecedented. There was no rule book or guidebook or guideline to follow. So I feel like, okay, we've made it to the end of the school year. You need to now get, give yourself some grace for what we've gone through. Um, if you feel like you haven't, um, you know, done as well as your colleague or other educators out there. So acknowledging how you're feeling, being able to shift your energy into this rest and refresh so that we can, you know, come back to school in September with our, our cups full. So we're able to share and give to our students and our colleagues again. So um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, through Prairie Love, now Prairie Collective, I know that they are offering some really great uh, courses and practices um, with some really awesome mentors through yoga and awareness. Uh, I think 
actually, I think coming up soon, Ali Maz, Alex Mazarol is leading um, a yoga session through the Prairie Collective, and she is just an amazing um, inspiration in so many different parts and uh, of what she does with the Girlvana and teaching yoga and all these movements that she's a part of. Um, she also has really good free videos on Lululemon too. If you ask think to say that, yes, on okay. YouTube, Lululemon account, yes, um, all level different movement practices there. So, um, if you're if anyone is interested in checking out some new yoga uh, virtually still, if we're still practicing from home, um, she's a great uh, resource to be using, as well as the Prey Collective. Um, if you're out and about and looking for some in-person studio. Um, I, I know that you're offering some awesome outdoor at Kenton and the stage and um, in the city in Brandon there's the Zen Zone and Open Hearts Wellness a studio downtown um, as well as a, a friend of mine Shauna Philpot running Brandon City Yoga um, and then I'm also teaching some uh, yoga at Good Life on Wednesday evening so maybe if you're not even uh, practicing yoga yet, but you have a gym membership, you're maybe able to, to come and try out a pretty gentle practice at Good Life. Um, I'm also going to shout out again that pause breath work because I wrote down this date. They have a June 27th free event. It's a four-hour event online that kind of leads them into some of the, the strategies and tools that they go through in their trainings. Um, and I did, last night I did the 15 minutes um, little audio uh, as I was trying to fall asleep, having a really hard time, and they introduced four styles of breathing. And after those 15 minutes, I was super refreshed and super ready to to send my day away and, and sink into my mattress and my pillow. So I feel like if anyone is interested in in um, checking out some of that, that's a really great resource to go to go and check out. Um, previously, I talked about the Headspace app as well, and I know that Calm app I think is a free one as well, and I've I've used it a little bit too. Yeah. I'm also a huge fan of Insight Timer for meditation and guided visualizations. Do you ever use Insight Timer? I haven't used Insight Timer, but um, yeah, guided meditations, anything that allows you to kind of scan your body and sink in, super great tools. What is Insight, Insight Timer? It's a free app and it's got all kinds of meditation teachers on there. So um, some of my favorites on there are um, Jennifer Piercy, I'm a huge fan of her. She's a yoga teacher from Victoria. Um, Sarah Blondin, she's really wonderful as well. And they're both Canadian West Coast teachers. Oh, so, neat. Check that out. You have shared um, so much wisdom and so many great resources in a short amount of time, Chantel. I'm just going to take a minute to recap for people in case they didn't catch it the first time. But you really spoke a lot about how kind of the key tenets of self-care for you are breathing, moving, affirming, and honoring your feelings. So recognizing where you're at, using affirmations as a way to get yourself to the state you want to be in. Um, I loved when you talked about giving yourself some grace. I think that's so important. I think teachers are terrible for not giving themselves enough grace. So if, if you would do one thing this summer for your wellness, giving yourself some grace would be a, a wonderful gift indeed. And then you mentioned tools such as Headspace, Calm, and Pause Breathwork. Now, is Pause Breathwork an app or just an Instagram account? They are working on an app um, right now, but I do not think it's released yet. Um, but yeah, they have the website and the Instagram account just at Pause Breathwork if anyone wants to check that out. 
Okay, I will be checking it out after um, this recording. And Chantel, if people want to connect with you, you mentioned that you're an instructor at the Zen Zone. You also teach out of Good Life. And where could they find you on social media? Yeah, my Instagram is um, at C-H-L-E-I-G-H 18. So it's the first two letters of my first name, C-H, and then my middle name, Lee 18. Um, you could also send a message to the at Zenzone Brandon account if you have any questions about our practices there. Okay, thank you so much for sharing your time and your ideas with us today. Like I know as a classroom teacher, being a yoga teacher, it's it's one of the two best combinations, I think, just because you're able to support your own wellness as well as um, the health and wellness of the children that you teach. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I wish you a wonderful summer. Hopefully we can practice together soon. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Take care, Devin. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's another episode of Teach Like a Boss with our Fort La Boss uh, School Division podcast. And my name is Mike Thiessen. I'm sitting here with Chelsea today, and we're actually talking about our physical, spiritual, and emotional health. And it's been a really, really interesting couple of months that we've uh, just experienced with this COVID-19 uh, pandemic that has hit, I guess, the entire world. It's been really yeah, not a not a good thing. Not not. Uh, it's a lot of challenges, a lot of things that have come up and, and made it really really a tough time in a lot of ways. Um, and I know um, there's a lot of things that we've had to experience. And one of those things was that whole social distancing and being away from people, and which has caused us to have to do things like remote learning and be be at home. We didn't uh, have opportunities to see friends or family and that kind of thing. Um, for 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 some of us, it was really really you know a lonely time. And and so uh, what we want to talk about today is that 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 period of time that we've been through and so I'd like to welcome Chelsea here um, and you know just to talk to us a little bit about kind of some of those things that we can do to take care of ourselves to make sure that we do take care of our our, our physical our spiritual our emotional health and and those relationships within that so Chelsea welcome here tell us tell us a little bit about yourself thanks Mike um, so my name is Chelsea and I've been a counselor with the school division for the last, this will be my going into my third year, I guess now. Um, I work along with Wendy Vancescu, as most of you probably know. She's been around for a little while in the school division. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, some physical, spiritual, emotional ways that we can take care of ourselves throughout the summer months after the big change we've had over the last couple months. Well, it's been tough. It has it's been, been really tough. tough. And, and I know we were talking a little bit about uh, the actual term um, uh, social distancing, because that mm -hmm. keeps coming up in the media, it keeps coming up, um, you know, with conversations that we have with coworkers and that kind of thing. And beforehand, you had said, that's not really the right term. Like what would social distancing isn't necessarily what we want to do during this time. So kind of talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think the vocabulary we use in terms of social distancing is kind of important because we are very social beings, or most of us are anyways. Um, and so when we socially distance ourselves, I think that that puts a bit of a burden on how we function day to day. So I think that maybe rephrasing that to more of a physical distancing than a social distancing, um, you know, we can still be together from a physically distant uh, perspective instead of being socially away from each other during this tough time. I really like that. I mean, all you're doing is changing one word. Mm -hmm. You're going from social to physical. And now you've taken that idea that we actually have to be disconnected mm -hmm. like that. I really like that part of it because to me what that does is it says 
we're still connected. We still have those relationships. We still have that opportunity to interact and, mm-hmm. and to be human, right? Yes. Whereas, the, you know, and I know it's still very difficult with the whole physical distance thing because now you're not necessarily going to be in person. You're not going to get that hug from grandma or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But at least you still have that connection emotionally because that's, that's so key and that's so important for all of us during, during this time. So. Yeah, I'm going to touch on that a little bit. Um, I've done a lot of reading on um, Dr. Gordon Neufeld. He's a developmental psychologist, and he does a lot of work with kids and um, the relationships they have with the people around them. And I think this can say a lot even for adults during this time that that relationship and connection is by far the most important thing to kind of get us through this crisis and change that we've had over the last couple months. Um... So Dr. Gordon Neufeld talks a bit about um, when we go through a traumatic event or um, relive that traumatic event, we um, our brains are not able to recognize some of the feelings that we are feeling in that moment, and we're in a constant fight or flight mode and um, what we call a stressed brain, hmm. which I'm sure a lot of us know about. <laughs> the last I'm, yeah, I'm afraid I've been going through that too. Absolutely, yeah, yes. for sure. So when we're in that stressed brain, it's kind of a hard um, cycle to break. But he does a lot of um, studies and research that relationships and connection mm-hmm. are the key to breaking that cycle of stressed brain. So really, I think so. Like that connection with somebody else mm-hmm. and that emotional connection, just to have that that relationship. That's what's going to actually break that cycle of stress brain. Mm-hmm. Wow. If okay. We can find you know mm-hmm. even one trusted person in our life that we have that positive relationship with and build on that daily that it can help us overcome some of that trauma or stress that we've experienced wow and so when I look at what we're doing like when I look at the school division and our roles as teachers counselor um you know school leaders what is it that we can do then in order to help our our students our kids like these people that we care about what are we going to do to help it so that we can make sure that that stress brain now has that person that's going to be able to break that cycle. What is mm-hmm. kind of what's our role in that? What do you see, Chelsea? Um, I think in the fall when we come back into school, it's going to be important for us to um, focus on the rapport that we have with our students and our mm-hmm. kids that we deal with every day, um, acknowledging some of their um, triggers or um, symptoms that they display to tell us that they're stressed with this could be shutting down when they're overwhelmed with schoolwork or behavior their behavior might be amped up they could be angry they could be lashing out in school they might be more withdrawn that we are than we're used to seeing them um so these i think are important things that we need to look for going back in september because i think we'll have a lot of overwhelmed kids that feel very behind when we come back into school very Um, true and things will look a lot differently i think in september than they did Mm -hmm. when we left in march so I think that it'll be important for all of us to just be aware and when we do recognize it, maybe take a step back and just listen and be there and Mm -hmm. um, Hmm. put the academics maybe at a a standstill for a moment. And focus on that person Mm -hmm. that's in front of you. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's going to build that relationship. For sure. And I know we've, like, as educators, I know we always kind of, that has been our focus. Like, it is about relationships. It is about... um, that person that's sitting there in front of you or you know you're working with mm-hmm. and um I just think of those times when I've been in the classroom with those kids and I've always said relationship is number one mm-hmm. and so when I look at that I almost wonder how many of our teachers are going to be that connector 
for those kids. You know, mm-hmm. who, who, how many of those kids might not have that person that is going to break that stress cycle? Maybe it is going to be their teacher. Maybe it's going to be that EA, or maybe it's going to be yourself, you know, or Wendy, um, or maybe it's going to be that school administrator. Um, but they're going to need somebody. And so I, I really like what you said. They're watching for the warning signs, watching for those mm-hmm. things that are out of place. And I think that's something we realize too as educators is we can tell with our kids and we know them so well. Um, there is going to be a little bit of struggle there because there's going to be that gap that we've had now between mm-hmm. March and then when we see them in September. So we're going to have to kind of relearn some of those things about them, those habits and those, their, kind of their baseline. Um, yeah, but that being said, um, we're definitely going to need to, to connect. And, and maybe mm-hmm. we are going to be that connector. Maybe we are going to be that relationship that they need to break that cycle. And so I think we have to be open to that and, and be willing for that. So exactly. yeah, that's some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I know you just talked about kind of that emotional, that relationship part of things. Um, talk to us a little bit about the spiritual, physical stuff. Maybe, what do you want to dive into first there? Do you want to talk about uh, physical first? Sure. There's spiritual? Yeah, physical. Okay. Yeah. Physical. I sure. mean, I think a lot, a lot of the physical is common sense for all of us, but yeah. it's, we have something we know but don't always do. Um, exercise is super important for kids and adults to just get outside and go for a walk or go for a run or go for a bike ride. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be, you know, a two-hour gym session. It's just the simple exercise. Yeah. Um, healthy eating, obviously, hmm. is another one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all struggled with that in the last few months, that's for sure. Yeah, we've all put on the COVID-20. <laughs> the COVID-20. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think summer will help with that too mm-hmm. as we get out and grocery stores aren't quite as daunting anymore to go to. We can right. start making healthier choices that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, for me, I've noticed that too. Like you said, it doesn't have to be hard, right? You just mm-hmm. have to get out and go for a walk or yeah. um, get on the bike or yeah, mm-hmm. do something. Yeah, and that's and the nice thing about the weather right now is it's just so, so much easier now, now that mm-hmm. we're not cooped up inside and, and have to be... Um, you know, yeah. And the nice thing too, is when it gets nice out, now you can, you can go for a walk or you can go golfing now too, which Mm -hmm. is really nice. So yeah, there's options for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, touch on the spiritual part of things. Um, I do a lot of mindfulness with, um, my kiddos that I work with in the school division and I, I learned a lot of mindfulness when I, back when I worked in the hospital, um, I did some dialectical behavior training and, um, Part of that was mindfulness. So I've been practicing over the last couple of years to yeah. try and perfect it myself so it's easier to teach some of the kiddos. But yeah. um, kind of how I explain it to some of the kids is just being fully aware with um, a certain activity that you're doing in the day. So that could be simple as washing the dishes, um, uh, being aware of how the, the water feels in your hands or the smell of the dish soap. and I often say use your five senses when you're practicing mindfulness. Um, using your eyes, what does it look like? What are all the aspects you can point out? Um, what it looks like um, listening, using your ears. What can you hear? What kind of different sounds? Um, smell, are there any smells you can um, pinpoint on what you're doing? Using your hands to touch um, and taste if applicable. I don't know if you'll want to be putting dish soap in your mouth if you're being mindful <laughs> of doing the dishes, but... Um, we do a lot of mindful eating using your five senses so you can do mindfulness anywhere that's the nice thing about it and it's um, been proven to help reduce anxiety so I really quite enjoy the mindfulness piece what I find really interesting when you're talking about that is how um, we as humans we are so connected Mm -hmm. and the physical the emotional the spiritual those things are 
they all are part of who we are. But it's interesting how each one of those actually affects the other. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not just one. Like the physical isn't just on its own. And the emotional isn't just on its own. And the spiritual isn't just on its own. Like it, it makes up who we are as a human. And, and so when I look at that, I look at um, like what you talked about with the, the whole mindfulness thing. And it comes into play when you're going out for a walk. Because now that it gives you that opportunity mm-hmm. to reflect and to be able to think about things. And to be able to look at your how your day went or what is it that I need to be thinking about in order to be able to find and stay grounded and to be able to, you know, have that opportunity to just reflect and how did that affect me? What did it, what did it do to me as a person? And then it affects my emotionals, but then it's also that, it's that spiritual mm-hmm. side where um, now you have an opportunity to, for me, I pray, you know, I'll, I'll spend that mm-hmm. time praying and I'll just spend that time having opportunity to be able to, to figure out you know, what the next steps are, what it is that I need to tackle next. And then you have that opportunity to be grounded, to be, yeah, to, like you said, be mindful, you know. Yeah. And and that's, I, I, I don't know, I think that's an aspect that um, sometimes we forget about. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of put it on the shelf and we say, okay, this isn't as important because the physical and the emotional are the ones we need to take care of, for sure. I think the yeah. toughest part of being mindful is remembering that it's a non-judgmental approach. So hmm. it's, it's hard not to reflect in your day and not be judgmental about some decisions you've made or how you feel in that moment about that decision you made so mindfulness is a strictly non-judgmental reflection hmm. and so that's not always an easy thing especially For when sure. it comes to ourselves yeah because yeah, we we're, we're kind of some of the hardest we're the our biggest critic aren't we mm-hmm. often like you'll look back at your day and say oh, i wish i hadn't done this or i hadn't said this and i know kids do that the same way mm-hmm. well none of us get up in the morning and want to fail no. Nobody wants to fail. No, exactly. And and so we all want to get up and have a great day. And so when we get to the end of the day and we have those mistakes that we made or things that we could have done differently, mm-hmm. that's we're gonna be the one that needs to be able to sit back and say, Okay, I'm gonna release that and I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna be okay with that and we're gonna yes. move forward for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Right on. It takes a lot to practice. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. No, it's <laughs> I think it's almost impossible. You yes. know, it's almost like a daily practice. It's it not is. even gonna be one where Absolutely. you're gonna be like, Okay, I've got this, you know, and be like, Yeah, yeah okay, now I don't have to worry about it anymore. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Right on, well, that's some really great stuff. Okay, is there any other kind of thoughts or...? Um, I might add a couple things. Sure. Um, limiting social media, I think it's been easy to get caught up in all the, um, the media of COVID and amping things up for ourselves and what might happen for the future. So I think that limiting the social media is good for our mental health moving forward, you know, keeping yourself um, educated, I guess, on what's going on, hmm. but not mm-hmm. too much to the point it's um, taking too much of your energy in a day. And that's been a struggle, I think, for many people. Mm-hmm. You know, some have gotten so caught up in the the information, yes, and then it's caused fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it's important to be respectful and to understand the dangers for sure. But then it's almost gotten so far where it becomes a inhibitor, you know, it makes it so they can't even live and Mm -hmm. can't even be a person anymore. And so we have to find that balance of being careful of the dangers and being, Mm -hmm. you know, being aware of what's going on around us, but not getting so caught up that it consumes us. Because when it becomes consuming, now you've, you've taken away all of everything else because that's going to be your focus Mm -hmm. and we don't want it to be the main focus we need to be able to still continue and enjoy life and enjoy relationships and enjoy the people around us yeah and Mm -hmm. i think that kind of circles back to the studies of gordon newfeld of Hmm. um you know triggering that stress brain and slipping into that um 
that trauma and hmm. and you know yeah the cycle that, that. kind of just keeps going right mm-hmm. yeah hmm. yeah okay. so I think the biggest thing is letting go of what we can't control we can't control what's going on in our world right now and but hmm. we can control how we take care of ourselves and right. what we do for our own lives every day yeah right on Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Mike. absolutely. This has been really good. I really <laughs> appreciate your thoughts. And I, I know you took some time to, to do some research on this. And, and you've been experiencing it and going mm-hmm. through it with, with students and staff and, and people that you've been interacting with. And so um, I really appreciate you giving us some of your expertise in this area, but then also to be able to just sit down and kind of lay it out for us so that we'd be able to kind of think it through ourselves. And I think, you know, a lot of these things we've thought about and been been kind of hashing through in our own minds mm-hmm. but it's really great to have um, somebody like yourself who can be able to lay it out for us and, and give us some clarity and and to be able to give us some direction on that so that's been really good chelsea yeah, yeah. No excellent hope everyone has a good summer Alrighty. thank you for tuning in any of the resources or information mentioned in this podcast can be found in this episode's show notes available at www.flbsd.mv.ca forward slash podcast Join us next time as real teachers continue to share their journeys and inspire you to teach like a boss.